Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Uh, I am comedian Josh Yang. And I'm the actor Lucas Ng. And uh, this week we are inviting our first musical guest on, um, which we're pretty excited, full-on musician. Uh, And we can go into another stream of making it that we haven't really dived into as intensely as before mm-hmm. uh, with uh, our actors, actresses, and uh, comedians. Um, but usually, you know, at the start of all of our podcasts, we, we got to ask each other, hey, Lucas, have you made it yet? No, but I, you know, I, I'm going to start it off right, right here. Um, so yesterday, in light of what we're doing and everything like that in terms of the quarantine and the pandemic, Mm -hmm. Um, and plus the fact that I'm working in a place that I'm constantly being exposed. Um, I actually got COVID tested yesterday. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. How was that? It was, um, it was a pretty long lineup actually, but what they, what they do tell you about you feeling like a a tingling underneath like your brain is real. Um, I got my results back in less than 24 hours. So I just highly encourage any of our listeners or anyone yeah. who has been exposed to it, or maybe have come into contact with anyone who had it, to get yourself checked out because it's it's a neat process that I think will help you keep you safe from yourself, but also keep safe from other people too. So oh, crazy! So we'll see if you had if you made it into the COVID, I know into the COVID uh, statistics. Well, well, that's not a great way of putting it, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, wait. So what was the results? They came back this morning, and I'm negative. Oh wow, that's pretty good considering you've been working. Yeah, working. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's it's just been interesting then. Um, but the show is not about COVID. <laughs> it's Mr. a little update Josh. though. Little yeah. update, Mr. Josh Yang. Have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. I haven't made it yet. And uh, yeah, is anything I can update? Not particularly. I mean, there was the one uh, kind of Asian-centric podcast that I did, a Rice uh, Asian comedy podcast. Um, mm-hmm. The producer, Monk Show, managed to talk, get in contact with Spotify Canada, and they were like working with him to try and promote his Asian podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on a couple episodes, and I think last week he posted a couple photos of the podcast and like Spotify's branding and, and everything. Yeah up on a uh, billboard at Dundas Square. So like the big kind of electric. So that was kind of cool to see somebody that I know in in the industry um, managing to catch an odd break like that. Mm Because I don't think there were that many Canadian Asian centric podcasts. So who knows? Maybe this one. I don't know. Maybe next Asian Heritage Month. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, next year, 2021, man. Look out for yeah. us. Maybe, maybe. But um, yes, so this podcast, though, we have a very exciting guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually knew this guest back in college at SFU, way before uh, I even considered doing anything in comedy. I wonder, I'll probably ask her about that, um, her, her ideas about it when she was, when we were both in a, a marketing club together. Um, but yes, so our next guest, that's how... I know her. Uh, our next guest is uh, a singer, songwriter, and um, a musician based out of Montreal. Ooh. She also co-runs a branded vintage clothing business called Positive Spaces Montreal. And exciting times, the music video for her debut EP, Birthday, I believe, is now out on YouTube. Please welcome Lenny. Woo! Then we got... Hello. There we go. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's our <laughs> it's our first um full full-blooded musician like full <laughs> like fully into, you know, the musician uh musical stream. We've had a like a, a couple of multi-talented um guests before like touching into the music uh, uh-huh. uh element, but we haven't had somebody who's like a full board going into it. Um, so we're very excited to have you on to ask you some some interesting questions about that. Um, and the first question, usually, that we ask is, so Lenny, have you made it yet? Well, I've certainly made it this far. Um, yeah. That's probably my best answer to that question, honestly. Um, yeah, this far, so far, so far, so good. So, so far so good i mean you're yeah. you've got you've managed you've hit a milestone at least when we were talking about you know uh, a musician being able to put out uh, their music with um your your ep right so it's the ep but also the, your first music video that you managed to put out on uh, youtube so i've just put out my first single so i don't have my single. ep out yet oh um, did i get those mixed up oh yeah, yeah so my my EP, um, so I'll be releasing a five-song EP at some point, I guess, maybe in the fall. It was supposed to be this summer, but because of the pandemic, it's um, like recording. The end of our recording was um, put behind a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hopefully sometime in the fall. I'm like crossing my fingers. Yeah. Okay. Is there, so I, I think I got those mixed up and this is, is good that we're asking. I'm, I'm interested in learning more about that process of like making it within uh, the musical industry, uh, the music industry. So like in terms of the difference then between single and EP, like single comes first and then the EP is the next. And then how does it trans like later on turn into like say album? I mean, so it's not like it's a, it's a linear process that everyone follows, of course. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was more common, you know, before Spotify and stuff to just release an album. Um, but now because there's way more people like recording independently and everything um i think eps seem to be a lot more common Mm -hmm. and it's just because it's cheaper like you don't have to pay as much to get a full album recorded um Mm. and the single is something you know like if you're it's just a good way to kind of give people a a taste of your music before you actually um release your full ep so that's what I did first. Like I released my, I actually released that single a little while ago, um, just as an audio track. Right. And then we released the music video for it. Um, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Um, 
and and then the EP is coming out after that. But there are lots of people these days that just will only record, they'll only release singles. Right. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even really release EPs nowadays. It seems like it's like kind of like a cool thing to do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting. Cool. With your single, though, I was watching the music video for it. It looks beautiful. Like the choreography on it, it looked really nice. Thank was, you. Was dancing a big part of uh, your inspiration for birthday? You know what? It it was actually um, when I was trying to you know come up with a concept. Um, I would just end up like doing kind of like the same dance moves when I was like listening to the video way uh, listening to the song way too many times trying to come up with an idea of what we could do for the video i just always ended up doing this kind of like just like swaying chill kind of dancing yeah um because i guess that's the feeling that the song invokes in me is just it's like a really it's a really like you know happy song even though of course like the lyrics themselves are not actually all like happy and you know sunshine everything's great Mm -hmm. um but the vibe of the song after it was produced. Cause I like, I normally play an acoustic version of it. Hmm. Um, that actually is quite different. Um, but yeah, the dancing just kind of came, it just seemed, it just felt like a spring summer song and we wanted to shoot outside because we um, shot last summer. So yeah, just kind of fit with everything. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it just really gave me like an FKA twigs kind of feel to it in terms mm. of it's, melodic tendencies but also the visuals really played well with the whole vibe and the and even the color direction of the song it was blue all over but it felt so real too at the same time Mm, right thank you so much that's very nice of you to say um i'll make sure to pass that on to the team that made the video with me um yeah uh the cinematographer did an amazing job um shooting we got to shoot at this beautiful property um so our director is uh, our, a friend of our director. She has this family cottage um, outside of Montreal, maybe like an hour and a half outside of the city. And so we got to film on the property and um, it was just like gorgeous, like so much beautiful green yeah. spaces on the lake. Um, so it was really easy to make the video, you know, aesthetically pleasing, especially for mm-hmm. the, um, especially for the, the outdoor shoot. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, so we had a, we got a stylist on board, um, nice. Ariana Sauter and she, uh, she works at Empire Exchange. It's a vintage shop in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And so we got to borrow a bunch of clothes from Empire, um, nice. and t- to use for the video. So that was like a dream come true for me. Cause I love that store and I'm obsessed with vintage shopping and thrift shopping. Yeah. So it was so great to be able to do that and not have to buy any, you know, clothes that I was never going to like wear again or anything. It was great to be able to borrow some. I actually ended up buying a few of the pieces like the, yeah. I don't know if you remember, I, I wear this like little, like it looks like a Barbie doll outfit. It's like a little, sh- like a shorts, like jumpsuit set mm. thing. Okay. Okay. It's like this pink and orange little outfit. It, like it really looks like a Barbie outfit to me. Um, yeah. I like had to buy it. I was like, there's no way I'm taking this back to the store. Like, no, I can't. No, I, it, this needs to stay in my possession forever and ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. How did, how did it feel to um, see the finished product of your, of your first music video? It was, it was amazing. Um, for many reasons. One of which was that I was so nervous being on film. Hmm. Like I was, hmm. I was terribly, terribly nervous. Like, 
way more nervous than I am when I'm playing a show. Um, it was mm. so, so new for me to have to, I mean, not that there was really, not that I was trying to look any certain way. I was just like, okay, I need to like at least look comfortable in front of the camera so that yeah. the viewer feels comfortable seeing me. That, those are my standards for myself. Um, so to see what, um, to see what Elena Petkovic, that's the cinematographer, to see what she did um, editing and filming, like I was blown away. I was so happy to see that she, you know, managed to capture the, the peace and the happiness and the beauty of what we experienced rather than my nerves, which was such a relief to me. So it was really cool to see it as a finished product. And it also, um, it was so cool to just add a completely new, obviously new visual level to the song. Mm. Um, I was really excited because my producer Gino Visconti uh, and I worked on it, worked on that song for, for months. And we, I literally came into the studio and it was like, okay, here's the song, just me and guitar. I'm like finger picking and on my acoustic or electric guitar. And this is what I have so far. And then we ended up mm. like not even using the guitar piece in the produced mm. song. So it had changed so much anyway from how I originally wrote it. Right. Um, so then to see it evolve even more into something, you know, take this thing that, that we loved making so much and then it turns it into this visual story. It was, yeah, it was very rewarding. It made me very happy. Oh, that's probably a crazy, yeah, crazy experience. Was it, was it kind of like different? Obviously it'll be different, but like, what were some of the expectations you had then like say early on years before when you started thinking about, you know, getting into into music, writing your own songs, creating music videos. Like, was there some kind of idea of that process that you had before that it was actually, you realized was completely different to what you thought it was? Well, I mean, yes, because really for the most part, a lot of my, a lot of my work as a musician has kind of not really been very planned. Um, mm. I, I started writing songs when I was like, maybe 13, 14. Um, Like I found, I found my brother, my brother had got this like, this like massive Fender acoustic guitar. Like it's a really large uh, dude's like guitar with like really um, thick strings. He Uh bought it at a garage sale and um, I just saw it one day. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I just picked it up and I started playing. um, I can tell we're going to be friends by the white stripes. That was my (laughs) first song that I learned. And from then on, it was just like, you know, I, I played a few songs and I like pretty quickly just started writing my own songs because it was just more fun to me. And I just like have just played music for myself for many, many years. So like all throughout university, um, I was playing music every day, but I wasn't playing it for anyone. Um, oh, okay. I was really just like, and I, I was so nervous to show anyone. Like I, I just really had no intention of ever showing anyone my songs. Yeah. Um, until my roommates, uh, my roommates when I was like maybe 22 or 23, like they heard me playing songs in my room and they were like, what's, what's that? Like, uh, like, let me hear your song. And so they were like the first people that really encouraged me to, um, you know, play in public basically. Yeah. Um, so so I just kind of like, I started very slowly playing. Um, like, I think the first show, I played like a couple random things, like when I was a bit younger. 
um, like I played covers a couple times, a couple like uh, shows, but the first time I played my own music for a crowd of people was at my dad's 60th birthday party. Wow. Whoa. That's... Which was like six years ago, maybe. So yeah. No. So it like, really was not, no, it was like, it was like five years ago. It was not that long ago. <laughs> and I only did it because my dad like begged me. I was wow. like, dad, I don't know if your friends are going to want to hear my songs. Like they're not all very happy. Some of them are like, you know, pretty emotional. Do you want that for your birthday? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he was like, I want this for my birthday present from me. So, please play them. so he basically had to like slightly guilt me into doing it. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so I I did that, and I did one other show at like a a kind of a variety show in Vancouver, hmm. and then um, that was when I ended up. I already had plans to like leave the leave the city and go traveling for about a year, and then I had plans to move to Montreal. And so like, I guess it happened kind of like in the in the few months before I left Vancouver. Um, oh, okay. I guess it was in 2016. Um, I met someone. Um, I ended up dating a producer, a really awesome producer in um, in Vancouver. And so he had all this recording equipment. He's like, I can record you sing. And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, okay, let's try it. So like, it was always just very, like, I didn't, I was never, I've never very been very good at planning it. Hmm. Um, and then the first time, so when I, that happened, we recorded a couple songs there on my YouTube channel. Um, birthday and Miami shirt. Those are the ones I recorded with him. Oh yeah, my I I saw a Miami shirt. That's great. That's a great oh. song song title. Just Miami <laughs> shirt. That's a pretty good song title. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that happened, and then um, I moved to Montreal about a year later after traveling. And like I think the first night that I went out with my friends, like I was reunited with my good friend um, Nikki, who had moved to Montreal like ten years before me. Mm -hmm. right when we finished high school we met up went out and like got very drunk and ended up at an open mic and yeah. so i played at the open mic and i nice. was like oh that was like that was pretty fun that was pretty easy i should just keep doing this okay. and yeah. so that has how been how it's kept going so um there's really never been one point where i was like i gotta i gotta really like you know make some long-term plans here like it just kind of right. happens as it goes and I just keep going because I love it. Do you get plastic before every show now? <laughs> yeah, every show. No, I actually can't. Um, <laughs> I can't drink at all before I perform. Like, because mm. it's like, if I end up playing well when I'm, when I'm tipsy or drunk, like that's, that's great. And that's very lucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't always happen because I do get nervous when I play, when I go on stage. Um, uh -huh. I think that first open mic I wasn't expecting to play. So I was just like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't know. At, like, why not? I know. Right. Like, I'll play a couple songs. Um, but now, like, if I have a show, like, no, I, I save my drink tickets for afterwards. Nice. That's oh. a pro move. That's a veteran move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I do that. I have that exact same process, like, right before, the, during the entire day, I've said this before, like, I, I feel it, the anxiety slowly creeping. It's like, oh, I got to do a show later at night. On the way to the thing, I get more anxiety a little bit. And then when I'm at the club, I can never drink, you know, alcohol. I always try to make, like, limit the water I drink as well because I don't want to mm -hmm. go and, and, like, have to have the, like, piss right <laughs> when I when I go on stage. So it's always, like, very try to maintain focus. And then the second I'm, I walk off, I'm like, okay, now, now I can have a beer. Now I can, like, not stress about it. So I feel yeah. you. I feel you there. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a good strategy. 
Yeah. Um, I had a, I think I had a question when it was, yeah. So it, you mentioned that like, it's not a very planned process and similarly for me and I think for Lucas as well, it wasn't never, it wasn't really a planned thing in like college. I never even thought about really doing it. Um, and it, it's kind of through friends encouraging and, and once you get a taste for it, you kind of don't want to let it go. Do you, did you, do you remember a time though, where like you realize it's like, I'm liking this. This seems to be going well. I feel like now I'm going to, I want to commit to going, like giving it a full hearted try. Yeah. I think, um, I think that happened in my first year of living in Montreal. So maybe just a couple years ago, um, I started working for a, a Quebecois guitar manufacturer company. They're, they make uh, Godin guitars. Godin and Seagull wow. guitars. So I was working um, in communications for them. So I was their communications coordinator and I was just like spending all day, you know, like talking about and learning about like the mechanics of guitars. And I was yeah. just with like a bunch of people that are all obsessed with playing music. And so like I was working with so many musicians. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a dream in that sense. Um, I didn't end up working there too long uh, like a big reason for that was because the the office was like a ridiculous commute from my house um oh. like it was like two hours to get there in the morning on the wow. bus way two hours like, yeah it was it was the kind of thing that Ooh. like that you can like only do if you've like just broken up with someone and you don't have many friends in a new city and you're like hey you know what i've got the time i might as well <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um yeah i i worked there for a bit and then um when I, I got to a point where I was like, I think I'm ready to leave because I can't do that commute anymore. And I think I need a break from um, working in communications full time. Um, I just want to play shows because I started like I played a few shows, you know, I was meeting more and more people. Mm. And um, I was getting asked to play um, shows around town. And I was like, I should just do this. I should just like not do the job thing for a bit. Like I'll, I'll work part time and I'll just like hustle and just see what I can do in a year and see what I can like, you know, what I can make happen. Mm -hmm. And I played so many shows. Like it was so much fun for me. Like I was just like for the day, the day after my last day at, at my job, I had a show and it just like, and I had like five shows the next week. Like it was just like, it really felt like a sign from the universe. It was like, everything yeah. was just lining up. Um, I was meeting so many people and cause like every show you do, right. You meet someone yeah. else and then they have a show they're planning and they need an opener or something. <laughs> so it's all happened super organically. And, um, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, that was definitely the moment where I was like, all right, I, uh, I'm right. just like dive in, especially cause Montreal is such a, a great place for musicians who are starting out. Like it's a great yeah. incubator. I was going to ask that because um, I I managed to do, I managed to follow a friend of mine who we actually had on the podcast earlier, Arsalan. Mm-hmm. He uh, managed to work it out with a a venue in Montreal called the Blue Dog Hotel. I don't know. If, oh, yeah. yeah have, you, have you ever performed there? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Recently, so, actually, yeah. yeah. So for, for them, like he managed to work it out with them to do a show. And I remember it was during like February time and, at that time, I didn't really have anything. I was thinking of joining him. So I joined him on that, on his show. It'd be first time he was doing half hour. And I went there to support him. First time to see Montreal, get a sense of the comedy scene there as well. And nice. like managed to go up and do uh, a five minute set on the day of just as like, oh, might as well, we could just add you to the set list. And stuff. so, oh, cool. so already then I, I noticed that there was like 
definitely a bit of a difference between the the scene in Montreal versus in Toronto. I wish I could have experienced it a little bit more. So when it comes to the Montreal music scene, is there is there something where like you could describe a sound like associated with kind of uh, the scene that you see going on right now, or or is there like a mixture of different type of sounds operating at once? Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I mean, because I'm obviously part of a certain a certain um, like community of singer songwriters. So I like I'm kind of in you know like the indie like folk pop like soul. There's like a, a lot like a lot of actually there's a lot of genre overlap now that I think of it yeah. um, at the shows that I play at. Um, but I mean, I think that Montreal has it seems like Montreal puts out a lot of a lot of genre mixing music Mm. um I think like definitely there's like there's definitely kind of like an energy to to a lot of music that comes out of Montreal even if it's like you know emotional and um even if it's not um you know like house music because I know Montreal and it seems like everyone in Montreal loves house music and I didn't really know about anything about it until I moved to the city Uh um but no, there's like a lot of like indie, indie rock, indie pop kind of like genre mixing music that just sounds like kind of everything at once. And it's got this mm-hmm. like, it just has this like, you know, sometimes there's, of course, there's like this lo-fi feeling to a lot of Montreal music. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different stuff happening in Montreal. Like it's hard for me to like really <laughs> describe it. I, whenever right. I get into kind of like talking about genres, even when I'm talking about my own music, I'm like, you know what? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't really know what that is. Cause it's kind yeah. of everything because. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I imagine that even just the process of like creating music as well, it's, it's always going to be a blend, you know, different inspirations are going to come hitting you different ways. Um, like in terms of, how have you found like the ecosystem then in terms of like all the different venues? Is it like pretty easy to go from venue to venue, that kind of thing? Yeah, it seems like so far, it seems like it's pretty easy because there's a lot of, a lot of small bars that um, cater to like similar kinds of clientele, just like young people in Montreal. There's so many of them. Like there's Uh so many young people in Montreal that just like have time and a few bucks to like get beers four times a week. It seems like, right. Um, So there's like, there's definitely an audience and, um, and those kinds of venues, you know, they're not, they're not paying you a lot. So they attract kind of like, you know, musicians like me that are newer and are just kind of like working on gaining a following. Um, And then every time you it's like if you do a show then someone's going to hear you or see you there or see your post about it and then they'll mm-hmm. chances are like there'll be someone nearby that's like yeah. you know planning another show and so it's just kind of like this web of shows that seems to work so far yeah no that sounds very similar to like how the toronto um comedy scene is set up like we have one main facebook group where a lot of people will post shows and you can ask for different spots to go on them but a lot of the times if the more shows you go to and like you perform then somebody else on the same set list that you you're on will be like oh i'm doing this show as well you want to come and do five minutes come and do 10 minutes that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. it seems like that it is it's good to have that kind of ecosystem where everybody is you know very open to 
giving each other opportunities to to perform and and for like stage artists definitely stage time is the most most important element mm-hmm. of it um how have you how have you felt uh, transitioning to no stage time <laughs> it's been so sad yeah <laughs> Um, I had so many shows lined up for this spring that I was so excited about. Yeah. Um, and they just disappeared into thin air like that. Um, and I still, <laughs> I still get notifications on my phone and my calendar to be like, Oh, you're playing a show at K day bloom tonight. Or, Oh, yeah. you're playing a show. At, like, and I'm just like, Oh, okay. Another life. The before <laughs> times it's been, it's been rough. Um, yeah. and it's also been kind of like, I mean, of course, the pandemic's been like a little demotivating. Like, I feel like yeah. when it first it first happened, artists everywhere were like, "Now I've got my chance to make all this content and right. make all this music or make all yeah. this art that I never had time for um, beforehand." And uh, for me, I was like, "I don't, I haven't like you know, I would go weeks without playing my guitar. Like, I you know, I start to lose the calluses on my fingers. Like, I just yeah. like there was something creative in me that was like." no we're taking a we're taking a little back seat right now like you're gonna yeah. focus on just you know surviving basically uh-huh. for a little while um so it's been it's been hard but i i've been getting back into it more and more recently i had a i had a live show um for like a, mm. this this marketing agency that i've uh worked with before i've played shows for them and stuff um so i like did a instagram live on their profile oh, recently nice so that kind of like got me um, practicing. Basically, I was like, yeah. oh, I have a reason. I have like a deadline, you know. Sometimes I just need deadlines. Yeah. How was it like for you to play with no audience, but also at the same time know that there's other people watching you too? Yeah, that's um, it's a little bizarre for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't by myself, my partner and my parents, because it was just last week. So oh, cool. um, they were they were outside on the patio watching me. So I had an audience of three. Yeah, so nice. it was actually like really, it was really funny because I kind of felt like I was playing two shows at once. But I was like mm. kind of ignoring my my IRL audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was funny, like, because I'm not very good at paying attention to what people say in, in the feed and stuff. So every once in a while, I was like, uh, yeah, thank you. But I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> act natural and yeah. strange because you don't want to like ignore the people that are watching you. But you're also like, I don't know how to engage with you right now. Like, this yeah. is not a normal stage, right? Plus, plus the whole structure with Instagram Live or any kind of live streaming program. Like, there's so many comments sometimes. Like, there's no way you can pinpoint what anybody is saying. There's like no conversation. It's they're just bombarding you with with words. So it's, it's always a weird thing there, but I'm wondering then, cause I'm thinking from like a perspective of like a comedian, like th- doing zoom shows is the weirdest thing in my mind is like, I just don't understand it. Cause a comedian in order to work on material, you need to gauge audience reaction. You right. need to understand timing, rhythm, how to, mm-hmm. how it works in a room full of people. And like through zoom, it just, people need other people with them in order to feel like they have a permission to laugh sometimes or else everybody's just in their own little box of tension that is like, Oh, I think that's funny, but I don't know if I should laugh or, or, or whatever. So in my mind, it's always, it's so bizarre, but in terms of like from a musician, like you, you write music and you create music from kind of definitely from an internal perspective and then you put it out there. Um, Whereas 
comedians need external feedback like how do you mm-hmm. kind of take external feedback of whenever you're performing something so intimate and like you've worked on so much and like how does that affect maybe your evolution of your songwriting or your song developing um yeah that's interesting it i don't really know the answer to that question (laughs) i mean i'm trying to think like it's hard to say because it's like i think that really truthfully if if i played a show and people didn't really like it they'd probably just clap anyway because they'd be like yeah this, this is what you do after a song right. so it's like sometimes i don't really know i like i i try to ask my friends you know like what's if if i play a new song mm. um like i'm like okay d- how'd you feel about that song or i just wait to mm-hmm. see if anything stood out to them like I usually ask my friends like, Oh, like if they were at the show, like, do you have a favorite song that you heard tonight? Just to see if there's any kind of favorites that pop up. But, um, Mm -hmm. it really, the thing that I'm learning is that like it changes show to show, like people's favorites change a lot. And, um, it depends because it totally depends on the vibe and the energy and, um, and the person too. Like it's Mm -hmm. really hard for me to get an idea of like what my hits are, Mm. (laughs) my, my hits. Yeah, that's so, yeah. That's so true as well. Like you hear a lot of artists still put out an album, a bunch of different songs, and songs that they think is going to be the hit of the album is not the hit, and then songs that they didn't realize was going to pop off just suddenly, you know, hits number one. So it, it is interesting. It's like there, of course, within all of our like kind of fields, it's all subjective. Yeah, like you really have no i no real idea. So I find it I find it interesting in the music writing and producing sense. Like, how do you? So for you, you focus more so on just how you want it to sound, not necessarily right how you imagine other people would like it or not, right? Yeah, I really I can't I really can't get into that. Like in terms of like I can't get into that mindset when I'm writing like if i if i start to think like oh but what will they want to hear yeah it's just like instantly i lose my authenticity it feels like and i'm just i'm Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm doing like a copywriting job or something like i'm just writing for someone else and it's not really me and i think i think like for the most part i can sometimes like i'll write a new song and um you know maybe i'll perform it once and uh I it won't it won't really really feel like it clicks for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'll right. kind of be able to sense that in the room. Like I won't get as as you know as um, enthusiastic of a, of a reaction as you know I did from the last song, for example. And mm-hmm. that kind of like helps me. I'm like, okay, like maybe there's something else I need to add to that song. Maybe the right. maybe my kind of not insecurities, but my questions that I have about the song, maybe that it's not figured out yet, or maybe I need a full band because I yeah. often play solo. <laughs> So that's so, kind of a major part of it. Yeah. yeah. For like a while, like Arcade Fire was the sound coming out of Montreal and everything. So mm-hmm. a lot of like the the indie rock kind of sound to it of a of almost like a nine piece member orchestral band kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Like how would you describe your sound? How would I describe my sound? Um, I mean, I guess I say that I'm something like folk pop, I guess. Sometimes people tell me I have like soul sounds a little bit. And sometimes people tell me that I'm like very country. 
Um, I was heavily influenced by Shania Twain as a child, like heavily. Oh, so yeah, I read that, yeah. that makes sense. So sometimes I'm like, maybe my music's like Shania Twain. I, I'm still kind of figuring it out. I really like, it's so yeah. hard for me to say. That's kind of one thing I'm hoping to discover with this EP once mm-hmm. it's out. I'm hoping that yeah. once I have the EP produced, I'll be like, okay, what genre is this? I'm really hoping I'll be like, that's basically yeah. indie pop folk like i'm yes. still yeah it really feels like i mean it's like singer songwriter stuff i know i have a certain kind of personality of sorts yeah. it's just hard to put my finger on it for myself like uh-huh. yeah people ask me what genre and stuff like i really it's hard to say like i think that i i tell stories a lot in my music yeah um my music is definitely always very focused on the the vocal melody and the vocals and the lyrics for sure mm. like i'm not an expert guitar player i mean i love playing guitar but uh definitely the vocals and the lyrics are what like are what sweep me away mm-hmm. right and the story is what kind of like captivates me and what gets me like you know into this mood when i'm playing music it's the, kind of like the meaning of the stories that i'm telling so nice. it's very much like storytelling um and and using the using like variations in my voice and um you know, like using the power of my voice and using my tone and using just like different, um, like different notes to kind of like convey a meaning and an emotion. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think about a lot when I'm playing my music. So that's so true because it sounds like your tastes are very eclectic. Like you liked Celine Dion, but also you did a Daniel Caesar cover too. Yeah. So like, although I'm sure both parties respect each other, that is like pretty divergent in terms of your tastes. <laughs> yeah it really is like I really don't I'm not very good at being like oh all of my influence influences are like are part of this cool genre like I'm like yeah I I learned to sing by listening to um the Beach Boys Shania Twain like I said mm-hmm. um Bette Midler nice. Celine Dion like so just uh-huh. like a lot of like powerful women vocalists right uh-huh. yeah. um and then like, but then what, you know, when I'm at home listening to music, like I'm not, I'm not listening to that Midler all the time. Like I listen to like a lot of like chill, uh, like folky music. Like I listen to iron and wine all the time. Like nice. my music taste is definitely all over the place. So I think that probably, I mean, I'm, I've kind of always been like that. It's always been a little bit hard for me to like commit to one thing or, you know, identify one thing that I like doing and only doing that or like yeah. commit to one sound, you know? I like to try things out. Yeah. Interesting. In in that same vein then, because um, I know like for acting, you kind of have to draw upon a lot of inner experience or you have to kind of generate the emotions. Mm-hmm. For for comedy in terms of like creating material, sometimes like a comedic's brain just never turns off. The second an idea comes into your head, you got to jot it down on your phone or, or with a pen or else it's gone. Um, from a musician's perspective then, when it comes to like capturing inspiration or just the process of getting started? Like, can you describe a little bit of, of how you find your inspiration or even identify what it is and be able to like, say it's like, Oh, I've got something I can, you know, work on that. Mm. Yeah. Um, it comes from a few different places. Like sometimes I'll just, I'll hear, myself say something or I'll hear someone say something like just like a sentence or part of a sentence that they say and I just like like 
the way that sentence sounds in my mouth and in my head. Yeah. And I think like, Ooh, like I love the, I love the different meanings that sentence could have. And I love the, like, I don't know, like the physical shape of the sentence, if that makes sense. Like I love, I love how satisfying it is to like, to hear and to think about and what it could mean. And I, Mm -hmm. sometimes I like to kind of take that and then build a story off of it. Um, And so I do that. And I also, um, sometimes I'll just start out with like a melody or yeah, like a melody or I'll come up with like a cool chord that I like. Um, I'm not like, I'm not like very well trained in singing or guitar. So I just really like Mm. fuck around on my guitar and like find something I like sometimes. So like a a song that I'm writing right now, for example, um, I just started out with a few chords and I found this one chord that was kind of weird and cool. And I was like, Hmm, how do I feel when I play this? Like, what do I, what, what does this, what do these chords make me think of? Um, and I started, I started thinking about, um, the cabin that my family has been going to for like, I guess since the sixties when my grandfather built it. And, um, it's like on this little lake in the interior BC. Um, so I just started thinking about, um, you know, going there as a child. And also I, I started thinking about, you know, my, my grandmother's perspective of being, you know, like having, raising this family going there every year for you know in every year until the year she passed away basically mm-hmm. um so i just think of i like to think about different people's perspectives too of a situation like i'll think about my perspective but then i'll think but what about this person that was also there like well, what, yeah. what was going through their mind or mm-hmm. i like to explore um yeah like the potential kind of like thought patterns that maybe someone might have been feeling based on what i know about them and where they were and you know how how the how the cabin felt like physically felt for my grandmother, you know, like she would, she was always the first one to jump into the lake. The lake is like, it's freezing cold. Like I never understood it. (laughs) And she, every time I was there, she's just diving in no problem. And I would always just watch her like, what? Like, how do you do that? It's like this crystal clear, like freezing cold water. Uh And so that's kind of, that image in my mind is like the first thing that I wrote about in the song. And it's just kind of, it, it evolved from there to become this yeah. song. That's kind of about, I guess the three generations, like my grandmother and then my, my mother who married into um, that side of the family. And then my experience yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just kind of like this. I don't even know if that makes sense. Yeah. What I just said, but no, it's, it's definitely a, yeah, it's a journey. It's, it's definitely harder. I find, I think to quantify the musical process because you're dealing on so many different levels you're dealing with the musical element the lyrical element then the emotional element there's like all of that and then there's the mm-hmm. performance side that's that's like another spectrum of it as well so i i always find it pretty crazy for somebody to be able to try and and put all those things together and have it turn out like well or sound great cuz like yeah. in comedy it's very much not only just delivery and writing, but that's kind of it. Like you don't have to necessarily worry about how the del- how your delivery is going to be matched by something else that you can play at the same time. It's it's also granted it's also very subjective, but in terms of music, it's it's so multifaceted. I'm wondering like when you feel like you can consider a song is finished, or if if even that makes sense of saying anything is finished yeah well can i just say that i find the idea of doing stand-up comedy like (laughs) the most terrifying thing in the whole world like i I do not understand how anyone 
can do it. So I really commend you for doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, and, and being on screen too, like in acting, like that, that kind of stuff terrifies me. I can imagine like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, that's, that's not only acting, but it's like the same. You're also taking acting and then singing and then also trying to get the music across. That's also (laughs) a bunch of different things. But, uh, yeah, it was scary. It was really scary. There's so many times where I was like, I don't know how to do this, y'all. But, um, but yeah. So, in terms of a song being done, I, I usually just stop working on it when I like it. Like when I, I, I need to like get this feeling from it. Like I'm like, oh yes, like this tells a story mm. about something, and I feel like I'm, I'm telling that story completely in the way that I want to. I don't think the song is ever really going to be done. Um, I mean, for me, like, I just kind of like eventually just give up basically. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Oh yeah, I can, I can call this a song and then I'll like, I'll play it and yeah. and I'll just like see how someone reacts. Like, I'll see how my partner reacts or my friend and I'll be like, yeah, so that's it. And they're like, and if they seem like, you know, if they seem like they got it, if they seem like they kind of like get it, then mm-hmm. um, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's probably done. It's probably fine. Cause I can change it around a million times. Like, yeah, but I think I, it's nice to try to stay true to, you know, where I was when I was working. I mean, of course I work on my songs and I edit them too. Like I really enjoy that process because I'll mm-hmm. write like a first draft and then I like to go back and play around with all the words and stuff. And, but yeah, it's, I don't really know. I don't really know when they're done. They just can't finish. Yeah. No, sometimes, sometimes as well for like, writing comedy bits like you kind of have to let it go i mean i think i think even with music like when you're performing it live you can play around with it because like fuck it it's your it's your song it's your material you can do whatever you want with it but like Mm -hmm. having it on uh released in a in a single or like having it on a special comedy special or like having it immortalized on film you know like you're never really fully be satisfied sometimes so yeah i can totally get it um yeah Oh, sorry. Like, no, just to your point too. Um, there comes a point when you just do too many takes of one thing that the point of diminishing returns just go way down when you start to overanalyze and look at it way too hard. So how I like to think about it is I'm sure Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't even want to watch his own films too. Right. When he's doing the revenant, he's just like, I hate my process, but it's done. And thank goodness sometimes that we can, not be the best uh, surveyors of our own art. Yeah. We just mm-hmm. have to let it out and let the let the people decide. Yeah, that's so true. I actually like when like I feel like that uh, when I'm recording my music in the studio. Sometimes, in terms of getting the best take, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes I'll you know if I'm doing like some I don't know like a harmony part or something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do like many many layers of harmonies on my my voice and. Nice. Um, if I'm trying to do something, you know, the right way, I'll record it like say four times and then I'll be like, no, 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 I can, I can, I'll, I'll do a few more and then I'll do like 20 of the same thing <laughs> and I'll have like 20, like 20 takes of like a, like a two second part. And yeah, then yeah. my, 
my poor producer, Gino, has to like go through them. And then we like go through them. And then whenever we're going through them afterwards, I'm like, okay, there was a point where I just got it. And then I just started do, to do something that just wasn't working. And we right. should have stopped a long time ago, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. It's like you're, uh-huh. you're all, you'll always be the most critical of yourself whenever you put anything out there. So it's like uh-huh. sometimes you lose perspective. on what is actually working um do you have like do you have a moment then from like when you started doing shows started writing music do you do you remember like a specific performance where you really felt like oh this is this is what i want this is how i this is somehow this environment this show the song everything's working perfectly in my mind it's like this is what it feels like to actually be a singer um, because for me it was definitely when I was able to do a show uh, at the CBC Glenn Gould studio in front of like 300 people that was the wow. first time yeah that was the first time it felt like I could walk out onto a stage there's a lot of people there do the do my jokes do my set and then feel the the response of of a large enough size audience that it feels like Okay, this is what it I imagine doing stand up comedy is like. This is this is that moment. Do you have one of those? I mean, I think that probably I'm kind of what I'm really wanting in the in the near future is to play with a band because I've been playing yeah. solo for a couple years and so I mean, I think probably the first time I played on a bill in a show in Montreal um it was actually like I had just met Gino, my producer, and um, I, him and I both, I think, opened for, yeah, we were opening for Rachel Kribbe. She's, um, she's another awesome musician in Montreal, and she was doing, um, she was doing a few shows for her EP release. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was, I think that was the first time or one of the first times that I played on stage and I was like, it was I mean it's of course it's like thrilling because yeah. you get terrified beforehand and then when people clap you're like oh it was fine then oh okay yeah. <laughs> this is so I'm a, like I'm allowed to do this to be honest I don't think I've really had a moment where I'm like oh this is what it feels like I think mm. I have a little bit of imposter syndrome usually I'm just like oh yeah that that had happened that's yeah. great like and if my friends come and if and I if I meet new people and like you know strangers I don't know seem to like the music like I think, I mean, if I look at it in terms of that, like, honestly, like every time I do it, I'm like, I love it. Cause I, I love this, the songs that I write, like I write yeah. with love. So I'm like, sometimes I might be like the happiest person in the room, honestly, like, Aww. cause when I'm done a song, I'm like, fuck yeah, I love that song. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I guess, oh yeah, I hope other people liked it too, you know, at least parts of it or something. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to playing with a band. Like I cannot yeah. wait to hear uh, the songs and to like collaborate more with musicians like on stage. I really really am looking forward to that, and I, mm-hmm. I think that will help like you know get bigger shows like and um, you know play kind of like different different types of shows in different venues because obviously a like a a singer songwriter solo artist has a certain style to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing with the band. So I'll let you know. I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna feel fucking awesome to play with the band. Nice. Oh yeah, I bet definitely. Uh, yeah. Should we go to word cool. associations now? Is that- yeah, no, that definitely feels like a like a good point to to stop because like we're talking about 
kind of like what your goals are, what you're aspiring to the next next uh, level towards making it. Um, yeah, let, let's go into. So usually we also do kind of like a a little uh, palate cleanser, little palate cleanser at the end. Just you know, get rid of all the the deep experiences and and talking about all that. Uh, with just a basic word association, relax your mind, let it all go, and then whatever first thing you think of comes to your head, you go for it. Um, mm-hmm. So, this okay. I think this time around I can start. So okay, I'll cool. start with uh, my ten words, and then Lucas will go on to his. So let everything out, uh, and then the first word that comes to mind when I say all these other words. Okay, um, okay, first word, family. Wait, so I'm answering, I'm telling you what word comes to my mind when you say a word. When I say a word, yeah, word is <laughs> okay. like word association. <laughs> okay, got it. I wasn't sure if this is something that we're all doing. Like, anyway, it's fine. Okay. Um, I could have explained it. I think I could have explained it a little better, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've been up for a really long time today. I got up really oh. early, so oh. I think, uh, I'm sure you're making, I'm, I'm sure you're making total sense. I just. <laughs> Am I? Because sometimes I'm also not too sure. Um <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Let's just go with it. Um, Let's go okay, with it. can I answer now? I know it's been a second since yeah. I mean it since you said the word, but I'm still okay. Family. Family. Everything. All right. Yeah. Pineapple. Delicious. Rain. Glory. Alone. Subdued. Mm, nice word. Mm-hmm. Motiv- motivation. <laughs> Pilates. <laughs> Humquat. What's that? I think it's a fruit. I just it's always a it's always a funny word. Kumquat. Oh uh, wow, that's my word. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain. Lenny. I feel like a lot of my songs are uh, are written about mountains or yeah. on oh, mountains dope. or yeah. Uh, tightrope. Clown. Hmm. Satisfied. Interesting. This is so hard for me to answer. Satisfied. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the word. That's a that's what it feels. That's how it feels. Wow, that's very like this is. I'm learning a lot about my Oof. my uh, mental state. <laughs> yeah, getting existential. Um, yeah. Last word: ending. Ta-da. <laughs> There it is. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Lucas. Now, right. now that we've gone through the initial, you know, <laughs> understanding of the game, Lucas, you take it from here. All right, all right. So firing away right now. Again, whatever comes to your mind first. Yeah. Okay. So we got first one. Dion. Maine. Home. Peace. Door. 
Shet. Twain. Shania. Preparation. Nerves. Stage. Excitement. Goal. Soccer. Progress. Now. Ooh. Mm. Uh, single. Birthday. Here it is. Oh, shit. I guess I should have figured this one out a bit more. Last word, birthday. <laughs> um, Spotify. Nice. Oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> Thank you to Lenny for joining Woo! us. Uh, on our podcast actually oh right we didn't get a chance to talk about that actually Lenny it's a very very unique name like can you give us a a quick idea of like how you came up uh deciding that as your moniker your stage name yeah so um Lenny is a nickname for Helen and Helen is my middle name oh Um, and so I've never like really been like sorry mom and dad never been a huge fan of my name Lisa that's my given name um But I, Lenny's just been kind of like a nickname that kind of happened at some point for me. And I always just felt like it had like a little more, a little more sass that I feel like kind of embodies mm. my personality a little more. So I just yeah. like, I like to bring that with me on stage. So, yeah. That's like Great. Lenny Bruce, Lenny um, from Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce, patron saint of comedy, Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where can people find you, Lenny? So people can find me on YouTube. Um, if you look up Lenny Music, I think. Um, I'm not the most searchable right now with Lenny um, because I didn't really think about Lenny Kravitz. But uh, oh, I'm right. on, yeah, I'll figure, I might, I'll let you know if I totally change my name or add like a million other names yeah. to my name from when my EP comes out. But um, mm-hmm. so I'm on Instagram, it's Lenny Music MTL. And uh, that's the same handle for Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook page and YouTube. I'm on Spotify. I've just got one song on Spotify right now, um, but uh, which is called Birthday. Yeah. And yeah, but my obviously my newest thing that everyone should definitely watch is the music video for Birthday, which is on my YouTube channel. And I've got a bunch of other um, live videos on there as well. Great. Highly yeah. recommended. Yeah, it's beautiful. Everyone should check it out. Wow, oh, thank goodness. you so much. Thanks so cool, much, guys, cool. for having me. It's been great to talk to you. Oh, yeah, no, nice. thanks for having us uh, on board. And um, I guess, Lucas, quickly, what's your social media handles? And we'll uh, oh, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Lucas John Ng. Yep. Great, great. And for me, everywhere you could find at Josh Yang Comedy. So uh, check that out. And yeah, thank you, Lenny, for being our first uh, musician musician on our on our Have We Made Yet podcast. Hey, very honored. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Great. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of the end of the podcast. See you guys later. Happy quarantining. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 